Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, motherfucker. Shut up, I'm talking. Shut up, I'm talking. You're in Los Angeles. You're you're living the dream. I believe you had a job at a bookstore. I did. I worked at the uh, B. Dalton Books on Hollywood Boulevard, and that was cool because it was it was a three story bookstore. So you had some customers there that were famous. This is back in the days where you, when they somebody was looking for a book, it was on the microfiche. You know what I mean? It wasn't now where you could just pop it up on the computer and they would tell you what it was. You had to look it up on those plastic things. So this was after the invention of film. Yeah, it was a micro microfilm kind of thing. You'd go in there, you'd write down the author's name or whatever, and then you'd fish out like under F or whatever the, how, the title. How far after the invention of light did this occur? Not long enough, I don't think. Yeah, that's, that's not getting old, though. So anyway, the, what's his name from Night Court? John Larroquette. Yeah, John Larroquette, he comes in, and he's perfectly friendly at first, and he says, hey, I'm looking for a book, and I said, oh, okay, I can look it up for you. What's the name of it? So I, it was some obscure math book. All right. And I said, okay, it'll be a second to uh, find this thing, and you know, blah, 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 blah. So I go over there, and I'm digging through the microfiche, and I get to where I need to look, and I'm looking for it, and it's not listed, and I'm saying, well, can you give me the author's name? And he I think it was written by so-and-so or, you know, whatever it was. Uh And I'm looking and I'm having trouble finding it. Wait, was this before the internet? Yes, I believe it was before the internet. Oh, okay. You had microfish and not a fucking computer. (laughs) It'd be silly if he asked you the question when he could answer it himself at home. Okay, go ahead. It's amazing the way you just derail the whole thing. My whole train of thought on a whim. All right, go ahead. Anywho. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. That should be the name of the show. Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) But I'm an asshole. (laughs) All right. So you're looking for this book on microfish. I'm looking on the microfish because there's no computer. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, the cash register is a computer. No, this was an adding machine where you had to actually crank the thing. That's technically a computer. Yes. It's computing, Matt. I remember because it was right near the telegraph machine. And you had to stop doing what you're doing because if the telegraph came in, you had to stop. Because both of them couldn't work at the same time. May I continue? All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, really? Are you? No, I don't think you are. <laughs> so, out of the blue, this guy yells at me, what are you, stupid? You can't find a simple book? Something clicked, and I turned around, and I said, Motherfucker, I'm going to come around this counter, and I'll show you how fucking stupid I am. <laughs> and I started coming around the counter. He literally, he ran out of the store, which only infuriated me more, because then once he got out in the street, I can't, you know, I can't chase him. That's, then you're going too far. People listening at home have no idea what you look like, especially then in your prime. <laughs> <laughs> Matt is a rather well, large man. I am five foot four. Yeah. <laughs> Your legs are five four. What are you like, six three? No, I'm six four. Six four. Jesus Christ. Four. That's freakish. Okay. <laughs> I, I've always been fond of uh, weightlifting and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and harming people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had much less tolerance for people. 
than today. I'm more evolved. Can was, you imagine that on a dating show? I'm yeah. 6'4". I've been known to eat a meal or two, and I'm <laughs> fond of violence. <laughs> That's not that I'm fond of violence. It's just I had a low tolerance, and... Uh, violence seems to find you. So I'm not, I wasn't looking for it. <laughs> you know, you're young and stupid. These are the things you do. Well, you're half right. <laughs> I don't do them anymore. Yeah, you're not young. No. I'd get killed. So that was your experience with the greatness of John Larroquette. Yes, and he literally ran out of the store like a punk. Yes. And then after that, I, I think I quit. I do remember a story of it was a uh, gentleman who had uh, hemorrhoids. Oh, no. God. Yeah, that guy. He worked there. <laughs> I'm sitting there eating my lunch one day up because there was up like a break room. Uh huh. And this guy's sitting there, and somebody else was in the room. So I thought he was talking to him, not talking to me. So I wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. And this guy was telling this other guy, or what I thought was this other guy, all about his recent hemorrhoid surgery. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm sitting there eating a sandwich, and I don't. He's going on and on. Did the flavor of the food change? No, but I'm sitting there thinking. The more I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, "What? Can this guy just shut up?" I'm trying to be polite, and I, I look up, and it's just the two of us. And he's talking to me. I said, "Are you talking to me?" <laughs> Are you talking and he to goes, me? Yeah, I've been talking to you for about ten minutes, but. And I said, listen, you nasty motherfucker. I don't want to hear about this. Get out of here with this. I'm trying to eat my sandwich. Did you chub up? I'm sorry, you cut out what? <laughs> Did you chub up? What? I'm sorry, you're, I'm like, you little chubby? Clicks. You're little chubby? Clicks. I'm not hearing what you're saying. A little bit boner? <laughs> Did you bone up, huh? Did you bone up for him? His butt stitches? That bone you up? Huh? <laughs> butt stitches? Are you, are you quit bone you up? Huh? <laughs> we have the name of this episode. Bone you up. No, I was thinking butt stitches, but you know, yeah, either butt way. Stitches with it. But then I got in trouble for that because I wasn't being sensitive enough. You're back you're in this is you know, you're in California. It's very uh you know, PC culture. How can you be more sensitive than a stitched butt? The mean? other two people or other two incidences i had celebrity greatness things uh-huh do you know do you remember who uh terry nunn is not at all uh former singer of berlin the 80s band could tell you one song i just remember she was famous for five minutes she came in the store one day and i asked her out just for the bragging rights of saying i asked her out uh-huh and of course she looked at me like i was a lunatic and said absolutely not <laughs> and yet if you had waited just three months later <laughs> she would have said yes please Probably. And then the next time, I don't remember a show called uh, L.A. Law. Is that the, the same one with the uh, chick from, like, out of the Partridge family or something? Yeah, she was on it. Well, there was this other woman on there. Her name was Michelle Green. But she came in, and I recognized her. But this time, I'm going to play it cool <laughs> and pretend that uh. I don't know who she is. <laughs> Which makes celebrities nuts if you act like you don't know who they are. Yeah, she... Uh, <laughs> Was looking for a book or, you know, what I don't know, whatever she's doing. So anyway, we're walking around and we're talking and carrying on. 
And she is clearly trying to drop hints. So I'll go, oh, that you're from such and such, you know. She was so going I, She was going like this, <coughs> L.A. Law. <coughs> basically, she's like, oh, well, I need these books for the set. Or I need these, you know, because they're my character. and Saying all, you know, dumb shit like that. Does your character like to suck dick? <laughs> I should have asked that. Because that would have been what I would have asked. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I asked her out. What was your move? What did you What did you have to offer when you said, "Would you like to go out?" Nothing. You... I just came about it because I am. I, I got some skills. Well, you just go you come about it easily, and you say, "Hey, you know, why don't we go grab a cup of coffee?" Or, All right, there you go. Yeah, buy you some lunch or something. Grab I just a didn't coffee. Say, hey, let's go out in the alley so you can get on my dick. No, that might have worked. Out. It might have. Sometimes it does. Believe it or not, but I was trying to, you know, have some uh, class. How long did she laugh? No, she didn't laugh, and then we she. Well, that's sweet. She should have, but that's sweet. All right, that brings us to the uh, featured performer in tonight's episode. None other than Sam Mann. Of the famous band Sam Mann and the Apes. Of course, back then it was the Apes, T-H-E-E, Apes. They were being fancy. Pinky out. I didn't know he was fancy that way. They, they were, weren't normal. Now, did you meet him personally? They were having a party downstairs in the building I was living in, and to, everybody was just going in, you know, hanging around because it was all like a, a community kind of a thing. So it was a and house party. It's coming full circle. Your your the early part of your uh, let's call it a career was uh, at house parties as a teenager, and then you're going to Los Angeles, and there's a grown man well into yeah. his forties. <laughs> He was older than that, I think, at the time. And he's having a house party. So this is where this guy was. And I remember thinking, this is the most vulgar human being I've ever met. Why was that? Because everything was nasty. Everything was just cussing to cuss. And every time a girl in the party said something, he would look over like he was really concerned. And he would say, maybe you're not as fresh as you should be. <laughs> and she would go, what? And then she, he would go, why don't you go clean the funk at your pussy? <laughs> <laughs> it's practical advice. It is. Now, I thought it was funny, but it was so vulgar. Just really over the top. Have you ever given that advice to anybody in your own life? Uh, no. Maybe to my ex-wife. I don't know. So, this is what he's telling. He's not just saying it one time. He's telling every single woman in there. The one-trick pony is what you're saying. Exactly. Like, that's his big gag. And everyone should be laughing hysterically at someone saying, go clean the funk out your pussy. Do you know if any of the women he advised, did they actually clean the funk out of their pussies? I would hope so. <laughs> I mean, maybe he had something going. Maybe he knew. Maybe he knew something I didn't. I don't know. He had a nose for a stink. As the night wore on, and as people get drunker and drunker, as they will, his advice started to change. People would ask him a question, and he would say, I don't know. Let me consult the brain. And what did right? that entail? That entailed with him pulling out his scrotum, <laughs> <laughs> pulling it out as far as he could. Reasonable. So the skin was tight. Indeed, it looked like a brain. Sure. And, and he would rub it. <laughs> like a, uh, a, a genie with a yeah. lamp. You got to rub the lamp to get the genie to come out. And he would say, I got to consult the brain. And then he would stick it into some chick's face and then rub it. Which I did think was uh, very funny at the time. Because <laughs> I couldn't believe this guy was doing that. How did the women respond? 
Oh, they, you know, because everybody's pretty gassed at this point. Everybody laughed and carried on. All right. Thinking it was a big joke. No, no, but there was uh, no lawsuits. It was all consensual. Was his brain as accurate as a magic eight ball? I think so, yeah. Somewhere close. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Listen, he's an older gentleman, and he's passing on his wisdom through his testicles. I don't see what the problem is. Anyway, he was already a band that was established, and uh, the drummer he had quit, or got they got rid of him. This guy was always hanging around. I was asking about joining the band, you know. Or <laughs> Did you say I need the money? I needed the money. Okay. <laughs> so I go, and he goes, yeah, we're going to... He, we were playing at Gazzari's or something. Come come check it out, and if you like it, then we'll set up a time to jam, right? So I said, okay. I show up at this show. Next thing I know, this guy's on stage singing, right? I'm not paying attention. And he let off a shotgun. He had, it had blanks in it, but he blew off a shotgun right towards the ceiling. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. I don't know I look why. up this, this maniac. He's blowing off a shotgun into the rafters. And I said, oh, okay, this is not my kind of scene. I was a, You're I going just, back to God at that point? Yeah, yeah. I said, I don't see this working. <laughs> so I, I didn't go. I should have, because I, too, could have been part of the beaver drag of the movement. Listen, these are lost opportunities, man. You're not going to get this back. Well, I know, and it's too late now. I'm glad I quit when I did, because I could have very easily been that guy. That would be so fantastic. I would love oh, making fun of you. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. I wouldn't the over-the-hill musician, Matt. Holy shit. Dude, I'd be pointing and laughing right in front of you. Of course, <laughs> and rightfully so. Hey, what's up, Rockstar? Hey, yeah. Need the money? <laughs> That'd be what I'd be listening to. Next time on Shut Up, I'm Talking. We found this a couple weeks ago, and this is just comedy gold. These are emails that Matt sent to me from the late 90s to early 2000s. I just noticed this. It's not a complaint. It's an observation. I call you Matt Matthew, one of the two. Here's something I notice. You never use my name. uh, Then what do I call you? Dude? Really? I don't know. And again, it's not a complaint. It's just an observation. You never use my name. It's just interesting to me. I never, I saw it. You do. You don't. You never use my name. You mean now or back then on an email? Anytime. I just find it interesting. That's all. No big deal. I have never noticed that. I think you're wrong. Uh, You, you, uh, you very frequently refer to me as fat. Well, yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. But you do not call me by my given name. I just find it interesting. Okay. Really? I have never noticed that. Me either. I just I just noticed that recently. So this oh. is from January 31st, 1999. What's your fucking point? <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Buffoonery. Must eat brains. Most of you know me as a frequent contributor to the Don Geronimo Show. Over a four-year period, I was on Don's show over 120 times, won 20 Don Geronimo show lobster bibs, and the very first fake pile of shit prize. So I wanted to give a brief history of how I became the Larry King guy. The way you talk, I have to mention something to you. The way that you talk, the way that you speak, when you do your Larry King, 
It's a really, yeah. really good Larry King, and you know that because you have his vocal pattern down. That's what I love so much with the pausing and the King's things. When did you <laughs> when did you start doing your Larry King? Because it's actually very good. Well, I started the Larry King uh, a long time ago when uh, it was the Don and Mike show when you played the uh, Larry King rant. Oh, the one about the, uh, uh, your, your boy is tired. Yes, thirty nights. So I. I heard that maybe uh, four or five hundred times listening to your show, and so I would uh, do an impression of that to as many people who would listen and to many more who wouldn't and would just walk away. <laughs> well, I know that thing like a mental patient as well, and I don't play it nearly as much as I used to, but just off the top of my you head. Should. Off the top of my head, I know it's... Um, uh, 30 days, and your boy is tired. Because Larry's been working for 30 days during the Olympics, yeah, and he's 30, very tired. 30 days straight. Your boy's tired. The next clip is from January 6th, 2015, the very first day that listener voicemail became an official daily segment on the Don Geronimo Show, and the voicemail that started it all. My version of the aforementioned Larry King rant. Uh, how about a guy? Donaldson. A guy, a guy, a caller, I know, area code 703. 703. 703. Yeah. What's that? Northern Virginia. Well, it's way up there. Pressure on the fire. Well, it's way up there. Oh, soundboard guy. <laughs> Pressure on the fire. Done this before. I don't want it to be his first uh, surgery. Huh. Applied himself well. So these are things I have confidence in the young MD. The young MD. I'm lost. What do you mean? I am exhausted from 30 nights. No person, even those of us who are superhuman, those of us with Herculean appetites for the diverse and the bizarre, even those of us who have shown an aptitude to to, uh, fight the good fight and stay the good long battle, even those of us can get tired. I think this guy's... And your boy is tired it's an after three consecutive nights. It's an impression. It's all right, yeah. I have a half hour to go on. I'm going to do that half hour because I'm a pro. Look it up. That's what pros do. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. That's what we do with pros. We're never rude. We don't cop out. We don't tell you that we're ill or that we've been looking for the farmhouse in the middle of the desert. I like this. Or that we're parched. Where's this thing? We don't tell you that maybe the check didn't come through this month and where the hell does it go anyway if you're a guy who's left 16 forwarding addresses. So what do you do? What is the answer? (laughs) Yeah, you're a little perturbed now. Kind of worried about the club. Don't worry about the club. Worry about maybe Jack, maybe. (laughs) Nah, don't worry. Okay, just cool it. Cool it. Life is a breeze. Of course, some breezes, as you know, are 110 miles per hour, and I get promoted up to hurricanes. I just thought I'd pass that along. Seeing a pass along, I'm going to pass along the newsroom. The newsroom, high atop the overlooking downtown, beautiful downtown studios, I'm going to watch the DSA. The mutual newsroom will get us up to date on the news headlines, and we'll come back with more open throne America, and we'll have a salute to my man, Duke Zebrit. <laughs> well done. Really well done. I mean, shit. At first, I thought it was a tape of Larry King. Then I realized it's just a guy just reciting. Doing a tremendous job. Was that the 122nd one? Yeah. Yeah. Well my done. Man, my man, Duke. Duke Zebra. All right, here's hey, another Duke. one. 
Well, there you go. That's a that's some of what we got on the uh, on the old voicemail. Yeah, mostly pretty damn good. I'm loving it. I am uh, really loving this feature. So continue to call. It's open now. Call after the show. I don't I don't care what you what you say. Obviously, I don't care what you say. Number is 844-818-1140. And some of you are rapidly working your way into my favorites list. Some of you I'm going to have to break out into an elongated form. No. I want to I want to involve that the Larry King guy. It was really good. I really liked him, but the lady with the accent. She tickled your fancy from the beginning. Yeah, she did yes, yesterday. She did, she did yesterday. Yes. She did again today. All right, thank you, everybody, for that. That's That's very nice. Now, you may be asking yourself, how accurate was my version of the Larry King rant compared to the original version on Larry King's radio show? I offer you now, for a direct word-for-word comparison, Larry King Guy versus Larry King. Uh, I'm a a student of print journalism, and I just wanted to know, uh, what advice do you have for uh, young people coming up into the field? Like, a lot of uh, professors are telling us how hard it is to get into the field at first. I'd just like to know, since you're in the field, do you have any advice on that? For instance, experience, is that important? Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Is that, is that probably the most important? Uh, well, it's way up there. Oh, well, it's way up there. It's way up there. Anything Anything else? Anything you can... Pressure on the fire. Done this before. I don't want it to be his first uh, surgery. Pressure on the fire. Mm-hmm. Done this before. I don't want it to be his first uh, surgery. Okay. Huh. Applied himself well. So these are things that have confidence in a young MD. Applied himself well. Mm-hmm. These are things I'd have confidence in a young MD. Okay. I'm talking about journalism field. I'm lost. What do you mean? I'm lost. What do you mean? The journalism. Like, I'm a student of journalism at a college, and I was just wondering the most important aspect of getting into journalism, not the medical field. I think you're exhausted from 30 nights. I am exhausted from 30 nights. I am exhausted from 30 nights. No person, even those of us who are superhuman. No, no person, even those of us who are superhuman. Those of us with Herculean appetites for the diverse and the bizarre. Those of us with uh, Herculean appetites for the diverse and the bizarre. Even those of us who have shown an aptitude to to, uh, fight the good fight and stay in a good long battle. Even those of us who... uh, have shown an aptitude to uh, to uh, uh, fight the good fight and stay the good long battle. Even those of us can get tired. I think this guy's your boy is tired after impression. thirty consecutive nights. Even those of us can get tired, and your boy is tired after thirty consecutive nights. Yeah. I have a half hour to go, and I'm going to do that half hour because I'm a pro. Look it up. That's what pros do. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. I have a half hour to go, and I'm going to do that half hour because I'm a pro. That's what pros do. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. That's what we do. We're pros. Okay. That's what we do. We're pros. We're never rude. We don't cop out. We're never rude. We don't cop out. We don't tell you that we're ill or that we've been looking for the farmhouse in the middle of the desert. I like this. We don't tell you that we're ill or that we're looking for the farmhouse in the middle of the desert. Or that we're parched. Or that we're parched. We don't tell you that maybe the check didn't come through this month and where the hell does it go anyway? If you're a guy who's left 16 forwarding addresses. We don't tell you that maybe the check didn't come through this month and where the hell does it go anyway if you're a guy who's left 16 forwarding addresses. Okay. So what do you do? What is the answer? <laughs> so what do you do? What is the answer? 
Yeah, you're a little perturbed now. Yeah, you're a little perturbed now. Kind of worried about the club. Kind of worried about the club. Don't worry about the club. Worry about maybe Jack, maybe. <laughs> nah, don't worry. Okay, just cool it. Cool it. Life is a breeze. Uh, don't worry about the club. Worry about maybe Jackie might worry. <laughs> nah, don't worry. Okay, just cool it. Life is a breeze. Of course, some breezes, as you know, are 110 miles per hour, and I get promoted up to hurricanes. I just thought I'd pass that along. Of course, some breezes, as you know, are 110 miles an hour and get promoted up to hurricanes. I just thought I'd pass that along. Being a pass along, I'm going to pass along the newsroom. The newsroom, newsroom, high atop the overlooking downtown, beautiful downtown studios. We're speaking of pass it along. We're going to pass along now to the newsroom, the mutual newsroom. High atop the overlooking downtown, beautiful downtown studios of Washington, Virginia, Washington, D.C. The mutual newsroom will get us up to date on the news headlines, and we'll come back with more open phone America, and we'll have a salute to my man Duke Zebert. The mutual newsroom will get us up to date on the news headlines, and we'll come back with a little more open phone America. We'll have our salute to my man Duke Zebert by taking him to one of his favorite places, one of mine, too, the town of Cooperstown, New York. This is the Larry King Show in Washington, and we'll be right back. So there you have it. With everything left in and nothing left out, 